0: Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of Stewarding Family Wealth. I am your host Amanda Pierce, and today I'm joined by Randy Brunson and Sandy Larue. They are both subject matter experts at Centurion Advisory Group, and today we will be speaking about choices. A few thoughts about choices and what we've learned along the way so far this year. Randy is actually the author of a commentary that he sends out on a regular basis, and we're going to be deep diving into some of the topics that he has received a great response from. And today we're going to unpack stewardship, trust, goals, growth, responsibility, grace, and rest. I'd like to start with stewardship, and I'm going to read just a little bit about stewardship and how it relates to Centurion Advisory Group. Stewardship. Choose to be a steward of your time, talent, treasure, and relationships choose to see your life as an opportunity to share what you have been given with others in a way that improves the quality of their lives. A mindset of stewardship helps release us from the tyranny of ownership. Very powerful. Again, I am joined by the subject matter experts here, Randy and Sandy, The Randy and Sandy Show. Randy, I'm (laughs) going to pass this along to you. First of all, how are you today?
1: I am glad to be here. How are you, Amanda? I'm
0: well. Thank you, Randy. Good. You are the author and uh, the brain power behind these, these sections here. So, kind of dive in with us and, and expand a little bit about stewardship, please.
1: The concept, the, the word steward, is, a, is an English word uh, that goes back several hundred years to the steward of a manor or an estate uh, in England or in Great Britain. So, that's enough on the history lesson today. But the role of the steward was to care for what the lord of the manor owned. Okay. It was their responsibility to care for the, the primary home, the rest of the buildings, uh, to oversee the, the people that worked the fields, the livestock, just whatever came under the domain of the lord of the manor. It was a steward's responsibility to make sure that things were running well, that the estate was profitable, and that the lord of the manor could live life as they chose. So that's some of the background. We used the word steward in the 21st century to communicate... An approach to governance of our personal lives okay and here's the the role of the steward in the 21st century is to care for whatever we have been given and when we look at our lives if we look around our lives we see that we have personal relationships we have business relationships we have time which is about the only thing that we cannot replicate Uh, we have dollars and we have talents and experience gifts of that nature that we've been given, okay? So one thing we encourage people to think in terms of is to think of the gifts and the talents that we have been given literally as gifts, okay? And so the question is, the relationships we have been given, the dollars we have been given, the time we have been given, and the experience and the gifts that are natural to our personal temperament, how can we use those, how can we steward them well to enhance the quality of life of those around us. Sometimes, and this is this is not necessarily unique to America, but many in America have taken this to an art form, and that is the concept of ownership. And certainly all of us have legal ownership of certain things. But from a mindset standpoint, what I have found is that if we if we internalize, that we own everything we own relationships we own dollars we own time what that creates is that creates anxiety and fear and concern because when we internalize ownership what we fear is loss
0: that makes sense
1: and when we are willing to give up ownership and instead adopt a mindset of stewardship where it's our role to care for and to enhance and to grow what we've been given, grow the, grow someone else's quality of life, help someone else be successful, grow our asset base, grow our income, continue to learn new skills, to enhance our skill sets, to make good use of time, to invest our time and our dollars well. When we take that approach, then we can we are released from the tyranny of ownership and we can let go of fear and anxiety and concern because it's not ours to start with, it's simply ours to manage and to steward well. So that's the concept of stewardship.
0: And that leads me to the next point, Randy. Um, You said some key things there and I actually made note, care for and enhance and what you guys do at Centurion and hence the name of this podcast, Stewarding Family Wealth. Obviously that requires a lot of trust. Uh, If someone is going to entrust you with not only the relationship aspect, but let you into their family, in in essence, and with their wealth. Now, I'd like for you to tell me about your friend, Dave.
1: Sure. Dave is a a colleague with just enormous, uh, with years of experience. And he served as CEO of several companies. And he and I were visiting a couple of weeks ago, and the uh, subject of trust came up. And I've learned that it's so valuable to always, always be learning. I wish I had learned to learn at a very young age, but I was almost, literally was almost 50 before I learned that I needed to become a lifelong student, which is a, a separate subject. But I was visiting with Dave, and, and Dave was talking about trust. And what Dave said, he said that, that trust is built through, th- uh, through three things. And he described them as character, competence, and caring. And he went on to tell me that that character is who we are, competence is what we know, and caring is what we do. Because words can come of our mouth. One of the old dead French guys, his name was Moliere, said all men are like in what they dream, and all men are like in what they say. It is what they do that makes the difference. Something else that I heard one time is believe in people, but what, Sandy, trust what?
2: Trust only action.
1: So it is what we do that makes the difference. So when it comes to trust, you can build trust through who you are, which is character, what you know, which is competence, and caring, which is the actions that you take on someone else's behalf.
0: I like that. That's very powerful. Obviously, you've taken some time and a lot of thought into these key points that leads me to the next one um, randy and chime in sandy i don't mean to leave you out uh which is titled goals so to choose to set goals to keep the list short i really like that because sometimes we get inundated with creating a list that's quite lengthy and then we kind of just um, set ourselves up for failure Um, no more than three to five I like it Randy no more than three to five personal goals or professional slash business goals more than that nothing is a priority because everything is Um, either of you if you'd like to expand a little bit about um, goals within the choices
1: the purpose of goals is to keep us focused and my experience is that that is it is not the accomplishment of the goal itself that matters so much but what matters there are a couple of things that matter when it comes to setting goals. And one is the process th- that we put ourselves through as we identify goals. I want to blank. fill in the blank, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I want to, because most people can, if you say to someone, what do you want? Most people cannot answer that question with clarity. Mm-hmm. If you say to people, top three things that you want, one of the greatest teachers that ever lived, when someone would come to him and say, Master, Rabbi, help me, a common response from him was, tell me what you want. See, so many people do not know what they really want, and part of the process of setting goals is forcing each of us to identify what we want. So that's one of the great values in setting goals, it helps us bring clarity to what we want. The second value of setting goals is not the accomplishment of the goal itself it is it's not what we get from it it's who we become through the process of reaching that goal
0: and accountability does that come into play
1: accountability Mm -hmm. vulnerability transparency Mm -hmm. okay you bring me somebody that's vulnerable transparent and accountable i'll will identify someone that's extremely promotable
0: one one more time for our listeners accountable Transparent and?
1: Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Vulnerability, vulnerability transparency, and accountability. You, you bring somebody to me that's willing to engage in that way, and I will f- show you someone that's extremely promotable because vulnerability and transparency requires humbleness. And those who are humble, hungry, and smart. Hungry, you know what you want. And most people aren't. you just want to get by. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I'll show up, I'll get her done. Humble, hungry, and smart.
0: The hunger and the thirst kind of leads me into the next um, point here, which is growth. Choosing personal growth, while goals are important, the process of personal growth is critical. Um, it's the journey of becoming who we are, who we were designed to be by our creator in order to maximize our impact during our time here. That's powerful. Obviously, we all want to grow and flourish, and I've heard the old adage, grow where you're planted. How do you feel about that, Randy?
1: That's true. There's this thought that's common in some self-help books, which is a fascinating industry in and of itself, but there's a thought that you and I can be anything we want to be, okay? I can assure you that Randy Brunson cannot be an NBA basketball player. And by God's grace, he did not give me the desire to be an NBA basketball player. But you
0: have the height. He does. I cannot jump. So
1: uh, (laughs) thank you for setting that up for me. Uh So I'm not convinced that any of us can be anything we want to be, but we have been built and designed. We have been engineered for greatness, designed on purpose. When God put us together in our mother's womb, I believe there's a picture in the mind's eye of God of who we could be if we will allow him to do his greatest work in and through us, if we would let go of what one author calls our false self, if we would choose to simply allow God to do his great work through us, Mm -hmm. okay, and instead instead of getting stuck in this mindset of this is all I can do because anything else is outside my comfort zone or anything else is going to require something of me. Well, yeah, welcome to life. It's, you know, life is hard. Mm-hmm. That's just life 101. Mm-hmm. Get over it and let's get after it, okay? And so personal growth requires a willingness to acknowledge that life is hard, to choose to identify what we want, and then choose to become who we were created to be Okay, and in that journey, I believe doors will be opened for us where we will have the impact that we were designed to have. Okay, there's a we were given a mandate, we were given a mandate to, to bring order to a disordered world. And if, if you look at the world in its natural state, or if you've driven out in the country and seen a home or a barn that's been there for 100 years or 150 years, but the home place has not been cared for for 30 or 40 or 50 years. Everything is in shambles. It's in disorder. It's in disarray. Things are falling down. And one of our purposes as humans is to restore that order, is to bring order to a disordered world. Second law of thermodynamics, this is this is a layman's translation but the second law of thermodynamics is that everything in its natural state moves from order to disorder. That is the natural state of the world. Now, Sandy has three children that are Georgia Tech graduates, and all of them can quote the law of thermodynamics in their sleep, I would expect, Mm -hmm. okay? So in the natural world, we move from, it moves from order to disorder. When we were put here, we were given a mandate to rule, subdue, to multiply and to bring order from disorder. Mm-hmm. So, so that's part of our responsibility. And one of the ways we accomplish that is choose to become who we were designed to be, to rule, and, and one of the ways that we evaluate our own growth is to look around our personal world or our business world, you know, our families, the lives we touch in our business life, mm-hmm. and ask ourselves this question. How are things under our domain going? Are people happy? Are they thriving? Is their world good? If you remember from the movie, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, mm-hmm. when, when um, Miss and Mrs. Beaver took um, uh, Peter and Edmund and Susan and Lucy. Did I get that right? Those if are the you four did. names? <laughs> you okay. did. I'm amazed. Okay. And they, left, they left the winter wilderness, the, the White Witch, and they went over this mountain. And it, it opens up into this glorious scene where there's, there's this beautiful clear stream and the, the flowers on bo- both sides of the stream are, are in full bloom and the trees are healthy and there are people there and they are fully engaged in work. But it is meaningful work and they are having a difference. But their world is absolutely thriving because it was under the care of Aslan who ruled well if you want to evaluate where you are in this journey, look around your personal world. Is it thriving, is it healthy, are lives in order, are people doing well, hmm. okay? Or is there disarray and chaos and conflict and darkness?
0: I choose the aforementioned, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the latter. Yes. Um, that leads me into another another point which I'm kind of skipping around here, Sandy learn because growth and learn learning go hand in hand and you mentioned it earlier Randy that uh, we are that you and we should be lifelong students so choosing to be a lifelong student pick a language that you want to learn a culture that you want to study or an author whose book you want to read unpack a little bit about the importance of growth and learning working together in tandem
1: I've seen the statistics that most people when they graduate from high school or college read an average of two or three more books in their lifetime?
0: Only two or three in their whole lifetime? In
1: their (laughs) lifetime. Those those are the statistics I have seen, yes. Yes. Now, keep in mind, there are lies, bad lies in statistics, (laughs) okay? Mm -hmm. So I don't know how true those statistics are, but that's what I have read, Mm -hmm. okay? But learning is a choice. I'll give you a personal example. I grew up in a small town in a place and a time that no longer exists. My world was entirely defined by family, work, school, and church. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else in my world. And until I was 16 years old before I realized that just because people were different from me did not mean that they were wrong. Now, what I've just shared with you is not good or bad, right or wrong. That was just one person's experience, okay? And so the emphasis on learning is this, that as we learn, we realize that human beings, regardless of their background, their original language, their perceptions and views of the world, most of us as humans have much more in common than we do that separates us. And that the way we can have an influence on someone's life is by focusing on what we have in common rather than focusing on the things that are different about us. So that's one of the things that I have learned through choosing to learn.
0: I'd say that's very important. And what you mentioned, the statistics about literature itself. Um, Today, like much like we are here uh, recording this podcast together, I find that people are turning to different avenues for that learning. And like you said, Randy, it is a choice. I choose to select and subscribe to this podcast and I choose to continue to dive in to the journey and learn from you guys. Sandy, I apologize. I'm not meaning to leave you out. No. We're going to skip over Randy's other talking point, and we're going to go straight into yours, and then we'll bounce back to Randy. So here we have grace and rest, and they go hand in hand. And I can't think of anybody more graceful to describe the two.
2: Thank you so much. You're welcome. How how kind. Um, Just for a moment, if I may, just to add one part to what Randy was um, sharing in terms of growth. And I'm going to need y'all to chime in on this one. Um, What is it? There's a saying that if you're not growing, you are?
0: Remaining stagnant.
2: Is that what it is, or is it dying? I, I don't want to say that if that's not right. Maybe someone can let us know that one. I
0: know that it's if you're growing, you're going. Like yeah. that's something, you know, like you're just keeping going, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is. Do you know what it is, Randy? I, I, I,
1: I know the quote you're referencing, yeah. but I just don't know. Maybe one of our listeners can shoot us an email or, or go to our website, and make a post or something, but let us know if, if somebody knows what that uh, quote is, please let us know. Mm-hmm. And if you know who it's attributed to, let us know that as well so we can get good credit. Yeah, so,
2: that just kept playing through my head And, and it's such a good thing to remember and I know that as we get older and we talk to people who have chosen to retire they when retirement isn't sit on the in a rocking chair or whatever not anymore it's not (laughs) no and you know it's a time to really just enjoy your life and and serve a different purpose um and so that was part of what made came to my mind when we were thinking about growth because we're never too old to learn um and and learning so those were the two kind of the one you were talking about holding hands in hand Um, but in terms of grace it's one of the things that we believe is that you need to show grace to others and grace to ourselves i i believe and especially with um social media having such a platform today that so many people don't see who they are or how they how they they perceive themselves differently because of what they read mm-hmm. and so they don't show themselves any grace and that is one of the things that Oh, we just had a oh, caller. Sorry, we just we had, had, a, we had a caller call yes, in, and I got what is distracted. the Distracted. <laughs> so it is, if you're not growing, you're dying. So <gasps> hey, I was right. You right. Write that one <gasps> down. So um, th- we still would be interested to find out who actually wrote that. But I thought that, but I thought dying just sounded harsh. Yeah. But in terms of grace, so just showing it to ourselves, I am not someone who's really great about showing grace to myself. Uh, I have a perfectionist nature, and so I honestly don't get on social media much because I my tendency is everybody seems to have a perfect life. So then, uh, so that's kind of where grace comes in. And for me, even more so uh, would be is how we show grace to one another. Um, One thing that has come to mind in my morning, in my quiet times is that trust a person's heart. Um, I don't think, sometimes their actions may seem to be not in line with who they are what they mean like they may say something or for example post something that doesn't seem to line up with who you know them to be trust that Mm -hmm. then go to them and talk to them about it but that's kind of also where i feel like grace is such an important part of who we are and how we respond to one another we need to show that grace and i think if we do more of that we would have less issues and less conflict i would agree and
0: i have to say just personally um I think I exercise it towards others but we especially as gals mm-hmm. um, should also have that towards ourselves
2: so you have the same mm-hmm. issues. So, yeah, I, so. yeah, I I'm I do a little not bit of a perfectionist alone. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that when I don't stand alone. So yeah, that's why I believe grace is so important.
0: And then from Grace, talking about rest, because in, in stewarding, stewardship, or any, any of mm-hmm. these things, responsibility, we have to be our best selves in order to give and serve others. So rest is a big part of that. And I can tell you that's not something I do well. So tell me about how rest kind of intertwines with this mission
2: uh yeah rest again I'm not doing that well Um, it is something I am striving for and trying to focus on and it is a choice we have to choose to make time to rest um you know, biblically, you know, we're supposed to work days and t- take work six days and have the one Sabbath. day off. Yeah. yeah. And so, whether that be your Saturday or your Sunday or whatever day, there needs to be a day of rest. And rest doesn't mean you go to bed and sleep all day, it just means taking time to maybe do some of that personal development mm-hmm. or spend time with the people you care about. That's the rest time. But if you are tired, then you sleep. If you sleep all day, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. You maybe may need to sleep all day, it, you, you know? know? So, yeah, rest is such a key part because it gives us it sharpens our mind it gives us the energy to go on and to do more Mm -hmm. and to do the other things that we we've mentioned which is to help serve others if we're not our best how can we be our best and help somebody else so
0: i agree and it's very important just to to turn it off like you said to flip that switch off to disconnect Mm -hmm. from the internet or the tv especially with what's going on in the world today just to let your mind rest and kind of recalibrate yep now I did skip over responsibility and that kind of goes hand in hand Randy with what we were talking about earlier but responsibility choosing to take a complete responsibility for yourself and all that comes underneath your domain and choosing to wear the mantle of responsibility with grace and dignity now some things that we're responsible for are not graceful at all there's a lot of nitty-gritty in responsibility am I correct the wide range of responsibility that you have within your life, your, yeah. your family, mm-hmm. to your clients, to um, anybody that you serve, and having to do so with grace and dignity at all times.
1: Yeah, we, I mean, e- each of us have a, a, a journey, a, a path to walk, if you will, and simply by choosing to be adults... Which uh, I heard John Maxwell say one time. This is maybe totally off the subject, but he said there's a there's a thought that with age comes maturity, and he said sometimes age comes alone. Mm-hmm. You know, or <laughs>
0: maturity comes before that that <laughs> age mark.
1: <laughs> yeah, I said sometimes age just comes by itself. It doesn't bring maturity with it. Yeah. you know. So on the on the responsibility side. Uh, each of us have different responsibilities. We we serve in roles as a as a son or daughter, uh, sometimes as a husband or wife, as a friend, as a work colleague, as a boss. You know, we just we play so many to, uh, as a parent. You know, and we play so many different roles. And with each of those roles, can some, can can come certain responsibilities. And I can tell you from personal experience, there are times when, because of the role that I have chosen, keeping in mind that many of the roles we play or roles that we choose some some just come by virtue of birth others come uh most others are ones that we choose so when we choose a specific role i've learned that it really adds no value to anyone's life including my own if i whine moan and complain about the responsibilities that come with it
0: if it was your choice
1: no one's listening nobody else cares yeah okay just like get over it get on with it so even the attitude though conveyed by that comment get over get over get on with it is not necessarily approaching it with an attitude of grace and dignity because uh i'll give you an example from just from my my uh, personal professional life i have more than once watched clients care for aging parents and i have watched clients a married couple who intentionally chose to move across the country from each other because each of them had a mother living one mother was in this part of the country another mother was in that part of the country both mothers were dying at the same oh, wow. time yeah. and they chose to literally winterize their home one moved to the west coast one moved to the southwest and were apart you know they they had no children responsibilities and they they spent that time 6 or 8 months apart they'd fly in to a weekend, a court or something like that Mm -hmm. but that's simply what they chose to do but their mothers need to be cared for were their brothers and sisters and some of that yes that's immaterial they were the ones. that was their responsibility so they simply took care of it i've also watched situations similar to that when those clients needed to come out of pocket pay for their parents care Mm -hmm. they just wrote the checks no whining no complaining no this isn't fair brothers and sisters could they have did they irrelevant doesn't matter
0: mm-hmm.
1: parents had to be taken care of they stood in mm-hmm. they stepped in okay they took responsibility yes yes mm-hmm. there's there's a phrase from for for, for, for the ancient writers and he, he's he's talking about how to prepare yourself and after he finishes this sort of this uh this uh, soliloquy about how to prepare yourself he says having done all stand okay mm-hmm. and so part of responsibility is simply choosing to stand in with an attitude of gratefulness. It doesn't matter how difficult it may be at a given time. It doesn't matter how unpleasant it may be personally. You simply do what falls on your plate. Work with a team. Hand off what you can. But at some point, decisions have to be made. Things have to be taken care of. And if that falls to you, be grateful for the op- be Grateful that you have the health to do it and the desire to get it done. And this too. Will pass. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain it. That's it.
0: Are you sure you're not a philosopher? <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm n- no, I just no, yeah. no. I, I, I spend a, a good bit of time. Um, you know, reading and journaling and, and thinking and, and, and some things like this. But no, I've, I've nobody's ever accused me of being a philosopher. So
0: must be those three extra books he reads a year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Open the two. yeah. Well, I, I, I got to tell you, you made the reference to John Maxwell earlier. And I did just want to tell you the quote that we were circling around, Sandy, um, derived from Tony Robbins.
2: Oh, wow. okay
0: The the live or mm-hmm. die. Also, cool. Lou Holtz has been um, attributed to saying something similar to fulfill that curiosity out there within the realm of all, all the topics that we discussed, um, we'll finish with faithfulness and faithfulness is a choice to be faithful to those whom we've committed and to our calling and purpose. The primary mandate is not success or glory or accomplishment. The primary mandate is faithfulness. Now we reiterated faithfulness a couple times, um, within that little paragraph. So obviously that's the, the takeaway so within faithfulness randy and sandy tie that in into all of um the topics that we've discussed within the choices
1: oh goodness part of the concept of faithfulness goes back to to what we talked about a few minutes ago when uh when i was describing that you know i had no desire to be an nba basketball player which is perfect fit with my physical abilities right <laughs> uh and In that concept that, you know, in in some of the self-help or personal growth philosophies, there's this concept that you can be anything you want to be. My experience with people is we have all been given certain gifts and talents, things that we're really good at, a heart to do certain things, a desire to pursue certain paths. And the opportunity in front of us is to give time to thought and reflection and to get counsel from others so that we're clear on what, those are so that we can maximize the development of of those specific gifts and talents and when I was 25 years old which has been uh, a couple of years well actually several decades now but I digress the um when I was 25 years old I used to read what was called the Forbes 400 I think that's still around yeah Mm -hmm. there was a there was a point in the 20th century where the Forbes magazine was called capitalist tool that that time has passed now but but malcolm forbes jr his slogan was capitalist tool and they used to run a a series every year called the forbes 400 and it showcased the 400 richest people first in america then in the world and and so on and so forth and so when i was 25 years old i would read this and look for the 25 year olds that were on that list and you talk about messing with your head that that is an absolute worthless activity It adds no value to me. It certainly has no impact on the 25-year-olds who are on my list. They don't even know who I am. The point is, it is a fruitless exercise to compare our personal experience and our personal journey with anyone else's. We each have been given a path. This one thing I do, one of the ancient writers said this one thing I do. He did not say this 1,000 things I do. He said this one thing I do, all right, and he was one of the most successful Outside of the person of Jesus, this person had the greatest impact in the world of any other person, okay? And he said, this one thing I do, all right, so faithfulness, faithfulness speaks to the process of first identifying that path that each of us have and then choosing to, to walk down that path. Always making time for reflection, for learning for gaining wisdom, insight, understanding, and discernment by choosing to be humble enough to ask for, receive, and apply advice and counsel from those who are farther along the journey than we are, but faithfulness to that calling, to the purpose that we have identified, okay, because the, 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 the calling first is not to the largest financial statement. It's not to glory on the battlefield or the basketball court, and it's, it's not to accomplishment of any sort of description, not to mm-hmm. the glory or accomplishment or, or to, to, to financial success. It's the first call mm-hmm. is to be faithful, mm-hmm. okay? When we make a commitment, the way we describe it internally at our firm is when we choose to work with a client. I'll give you this example. All right? When we, when we say yes to a client, we have made a lifelong commitment, commitment to yeah. serve that household in that business as long as they want us to help them. They can leave us, we will not leave them. When we attend practice management breakout sessions at professional conferences, you'll hear these uh, practice management types and consultants. By the way, you know what a consultant is, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a eunuch. They can tell you all about it, they just can't do it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and they'll talk about how you structure your business to maximize profitability. Well, first of all, maximizing profitability is not a corporate goal of ours. Being profitable, certainly we have to be profitable to be here to continue to serve those who have come to us and ask for help. Mm-hmm. But maximize profitability, that's that's the MBA class. We don't run an MBA business, we run a family owned operation that serves other families. Mm-hmm. Okay, other family owned businesses. So these practice management types will say, get rid of these clients and get rid of these clients and you know, basically fire your clients because they don't fit whatever predefined thing and faithfulness in business is being true to your clients and your team members. I hired Sandy. I hired Stephanie. I hired this person, this person, this person, this person, because I saw something in them that I thought would add value to our clients and to the firm. So it's my responsibility to remain faithful to them, to help them to become all that they were created to be to maximize their impact on those that we serve. That's faithfulness in a marriage to your word. If you say somebody, you'll send them a check, send them a check, keep short accounts in your relationships, keep your bills paid, so on and so forth. Faithfulness.
0: It sounds like you um, you lead by example through um, the service that you provide to your firm. Um, you are faithful to your clients and you have, you have faith in what you do um, as a firm. Again, I'm speaking with Randy Brunson and Sandy LaRue of Centurion Advisory Group, and we are on stewarding family wealth. Randy and Sandy, as we come near the end of the show, is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with as we will pick up next week, continuing with this choices and the core values um, from the commentary that you're so kind to send out? I do just want to let our listeners know where they can find information on the commentary because I'm sitting here looking at it and I receive your emails and I appreciate all of the information that you send me. So if someone were interested in reading this literature that we're referring to, you can visit www. Dot centurionag.com and that's c-e-n-t-u-r-i-o-n ag.com Randy and Sandy any final words
1: we are simply grateful for the opportunity to be here. Yes. We're grateful for the opportunity to serve and very grateful for you and your willingness to host this uh, podcast for us. It Thank you, man. my
0: pleasure. As I was telling Mike, um, I could talk to you for four hours, Randy, so we'll just have to keep it on the 30-minute mark, but we can talk for <laughs> another 30 minutes after the show. That sounds good. Uh, I am thrilled to be a part of this um, this trailblazing series, and I know that we're going to impede all of our listeners with a, a wealth of information. So again, for those of you listening out there if you'd like to connect with randy or sandy on social media centurion advisory group is on facebook and linkedin and you can visit their website to see all about the services that they offer or maybe you want to book an appointment with either one of them again that's www.centurionag.com and until next time you have been listening to stewarding family wealth i am amanda Pierce, and we'll see you soon